It's time for Open Line Friday on the Andy Griffin Show. It's your chance to be heard, air your grievances, and take your shot. Only on Open Line Friday on the Andy Griffin Show. Hi, and good morning. It's 11 minutes after 9 o'clock. First things first, didn't want to mention we did get another qualifier for that BYU helmet giveaway. Uh, It was Kent. So right now we have Ryan, Lisa, D, Roberta, and Kent qualified for that drawing on Tuesday morning to give away the authentic BYU full-size helmet. And uh, it's signed by Kalani Satake, the head coach of the BYU Cougars. We have a second prize as well. We'll be giving away a BYU football that has also been signed by the coach. Uh, so, uh, yeah, thanks for calling in. Appreciate everybody that uh, lit up the phone lines. It was really cool because anytime I mention this, uh, this prize, man, it, the phone lines just right away, boom, all four lines lit up. And uh, so I look forward to giving that away. It would be a great little little Christmas present. Put it under the tree uh, on Christmas Eve. That will be a lot of fun. Uh, it is Friday. Thank you uh, for tuning in today. I'm Andy Griffin. Been a fun and exciting week. Had a lot of cool guests. Uh, Gil Longquist, the county commissioner, was on. Uh, Mayor Pike on yesterday. We had Dr. Jane Orient on the show on uh, Tuesday. And we talked with her a lot about socialized medicine and how that's just, it ain't going to work. And uh, anybody that tells you it is going to work is fooling themselves. Uh, and then Dr. Orient actually spent a few minutes talking about nuclear weapons and, and and how we need to be more prepared because i and she said this but it may, maybe it wasn't quite made clear the way she said it but i want to i'll kind of reiterate that real quick if there's a nuclear uh holocaust a nuclear attack uh, most of us assume well we're all done for it the world is over and, and that's it and she said that's actually not the case she said there will be if if you know, if we end up in a nuclear war, which heaven forbid it never happens, I've lived with it my whole life, most of us have uh, the Cold War, etc. Uh, if there ever is one, sure, there's going to be a lot of deaths, especially in the, the uh, epicenters, the places where, you know, a, a bomb is likely to hit, uh, Los Angeles, New York, Washington, D.C., etc. Uh, but in places like St. George, Utah, uh, actually the entire state of Utah, very unlikely that a missile would hit anywhere near here. Uh, and so we would have to deal with fallout and radiation. But uh, Dr. Orient really kind of tried to make us understand that that's not the end of life. Uh, we, we will survive. Uh, she said, if there is a blast and you can see it with your eye, if you see a blast, a, a light flash, uh, get down. Because there will be, you know, some shock waves that will come through that could, could damage you, uh, you know, especially your internal organs. But she said the radiation, especially, you know, in Utah, probably far enough away from an actual, any actual nuclear bomb going off, uh, is survivable. The radiation does eventually go away. Uh, and she said, so, you know, most people don't bother to prepare for what might happen in, in the event of a nuclear attack because we just figure we're all going to die. And she said that's absolutely not true. She leads a, a, a huge group of doctors, thousands of doctors around the country who are on this, I think it's called the uh, Disaster Preparedness Board of Doctors, DDP. And, uh, and she said, basically she says, we need to understand that uh, we can survive this. And actually, you know, the, the biggest, the most difficult part of uh, any kind of a, uh, something like that happening would be the loss of a lot of our utilities. You know, uh, but she said if your water hasn't been hit, you know, almost directly by radiation, your water's going to be fine if it operates. Your electricity will be fine if it operates. 
But, uh, yeah, you know, we all, I honestly, my whole life, I assumed nuclear war comes, we're all dead. It's over. And she said, that's absolutely not the case. So anyway, it was great to talk to her earlier uh, this week and kind of get some ideas and thoughts from her about that. A uh, couple of things, obviously, in the news, some some big things going on. And, and this one, I'm going to tell you a story about this a little bit, uh, the impeachment. Uh, all right, so the House passed the impeachment. Now, I, I kind of I kind of look at it this way. There were, years ago, I hosted a uh, sports show. It was on uh, it was on ESPN Radio, and I had a couple of co-hosts, and I'm not going to say who they are because they you know they, they don't need to be involved in this. But uh, basically, I came in one night, and uh, I was a little frustrated with this show because I I did a lot of research and I did all the technical work in the studio. Uh, where you know where where I pushed all the buttons, I did all. I had to go in early and prepare the the computer board and do do everything, and they would all show up at two minutes to the hour and and do their show. It was a two hour show on Sunday nights. So anyway, uh, I, I I come in and I get everything ready this particular Sunday night, and um, of course they're not there yet. And just before uh, just before we went on the air, the computer crashed. So I had to run in, right? I ran into the other room. I had to reboot the thing and get get it going again. And uh, major stress, right? Because I'm trying to I'm trying to hit the, these, you know, radio. It's all about time. You got to hit the you got to hit the marks. It's got to be exactly on time. And so I've got the one computer uh, that's operating on the air, but the other computer takes over at the top of the hour. And you know, it crashed like five minutes before the show was to start. And and so I'm major. I'm running the other. I'm I'm messing around with stuff, and uh, I come back and it's about a minute to, and the computer's still not ready. So I said, and the guys had finally showed up, and I said, guys, you got to take it. You know, you got to take it. I'm going to turn your mics on. You got to take the show at the top of the hour and talk for three or four minutes until the computer gets booted back up. I'm going to ro- run back in the other room and hit the reset button again and see if we can get it going. So, uh, so I do that. I go in the other room. I, I turn their mics on top of the hour. They start talking. And, uh, and and then I go into the other room and, and get things rebooted, and I come back in, and and so I come back into the room, and I'm talking, and they're talking about something, a sports topic, and they're talking about Marion Jones. Now I don't know if you remember, this maybe 15 years ago, Marion Jones was considered the the best female athlete on the planet. She was an incredible sprinter, uh, 100, 200, 400 meters, uh, was just about unbeatable. She was she was the best female athlete on the planet. So under my in my stressful state, uh, the computer mess and just going back and forth, and the guy's not showing up till late and everything. I walked into the studio and they're talking about Marion Jones being the greatest, maybe the greatest ever. Now, now I I got in there and for whatever reason, there was an NBA player by the name of Sean Marion. I don't know if you remember him. He was a pretty good power forward. It wasn't the best, but he was good. I walked into the room and I hear them talking about Marion Jones being the greatest, you know, maybe the greatest athlete ever, uh, greatest, uh, they didn't say female, just one of the greatest ever is what they said. And in my stressed out state, I walked into the room, turned on my microphone, and I went, I went hard line on them. I'm like, you guys are nuts. Marion, Sean Marion is not one of the great athletes ever. And I, and I went on like this five minute tirade, tirade about how uh, they're crazy for thinking this guy was that good. And, uh, you know, Carl Malone was a much better uh, power forward, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And they, they, they're sitting there behind their microphones, giving me this funny look on their face. And I didn't, I didn't care. I was, I was kind of ticked off. 
off. I was, I was ticked off about the computer. I was ticked off about them showing up late. I was ticked off about them saying that this guy was better than Carl Malone and better than, you know, uh, in, any the, Charles Barkley and people like that. And they're just giving me this funny look. And, and finally, I'm like, what? What, what? what is the matter? What's wrong with you guys? And, of course, they're like, uh, we were talking about Marion Jones, the female sprinter. And needless to say, I had a little egg on my face. This is live radio, live sports radio. And, and I was, I, I didn't know what to do. You know, I was like, uh, oh, uh, yeah, she's great. Uh, you know, and I kind of backpedaled and I tried to make excuses. And anyway, it was, it was, a, it was kind of an embarrassing moment on radio for me. And the reason I, I, I tell this whole story is I'm, I'm thinking about the House and Nancy Pelosi and the impeachment and I'm thinking to myself, this is this is a Sean Marion moment for the House Democrats, right? Right now, they okay, they voted and they impeached the president based on what evidence I don't know, but they they, I mean, there, there really isn't any. I guess is what I'm saying. They voted to impeach the president, and now they're supposed to forward on their vote to the Congress and appoint a couple of what they call, uh, I want to say deputies, what's the word they use? Anyway, a couple of uh, people to uh, oversee the Senate version and vote of the impeachment. And she, Nancy Pelosi hasn't done it. She hasn't forwarded it on yet. She's, she's like, uh, I'm going to hang on to that. And people asked her why. And she's like, well, I'm going to hang on until uh, basically I feel like it's a favorable time to go ahead and forward it on to the Senate. And and I'm just sitting there thinking to myself, you know what's happened here? I, I don't know why they didn't figure it out, but I think they thought that they had something here. And I, and, and I think they felt like that the heck with party lines, once they show this incredible evidence that the president uh, really did all these bad things, that uh, the Senate was going to, you know, party lines or not, they were going to follow up. And and continue or, and, and complete the impeachment of the president. And Nancy Pelosi's like, she she got this far, kind of like me and my tirade tirade on Sean Marion slash Marion Jones. I think they got to this point and they realized, oops, this isn't going to work. We screwed up. And now what do you do? If if you're in a high pro, I mean, we're talking about these people who, and all but two Democrats voted for impeachment. And many of them in in battleground areas where their their district either voted for President Trump in the last election, or they were vacillating. They were close to voting for President Trump, and I think they're all sitting there and they're going, "Wow, we barked up the wrong tree here. We we thought we had this, and and then we kind of got in the situation where we had to vote." to impeach him because if we didn't we would be going against party lines and we would be making this major statement about how our our party screwed up and and I and I'll tell you I I think I think it's their Sean Marion moment for them. I think they're just like we don't know what to do now. I don't think there's a nefarious uh, uh, a plan behind her holding on to the impeachment and not forwarding on to the Senate. I don't think they're smart enough for that. I think they're sitting there going Oh, boy, we screwed up, and, and now we don't know what to do. That's my feelings on it. Uh, it is uh, 922. Let's go to the phone lines. If you want to call, by the way, 673-5890 is the phone number. If you want to comment on the topic we're talking about today. Uh, caller, you're on with Andy this morning. How are you? Well, good morning, Andy. Morning. Oh, so did you, by chance, have to watch any of the impeachment vote? No. I Well... 
let me put it this way. It was on, and I wasn't paying very close attention. <laughs> you ever done that? I've done that at parties when there's a movie on, and I don't want anything to do with the movie. So it was on in the background, but no, I didn't really watch very closely. Okay, well, we've heard of how solemn and reverent this is. Yeah. You know, and then we've heard about Rashidi Talib or whatever, you know, just so excited, and I'm going to my party to impose the impeach. Yeah. And, you know, it's so solemn and it's so constitutional. And I just about gag laughing when I hear a leftist like Pelosi or any of them talk about sacred constitution. Yeah. Um, but anyhow, I was, you know, watching a, my, just watching something that got recorded when that came on and broke a special, you know, breaking news right in the middle of a show. Yeah. And it shows, History you know, made. yeah. Yeah, Nazi Pelosi, Nazi Pelosi, whatever you want to call her, San Fran's grand nan. Um, she's up there. And on Article 1, impeach, you know, vote for impeachment, and she cannot contain her excitement. She's got this smirk, and she does this little don't victory celebrate yet thing, but you can just see the smirk on her face. Yeah. And then she does the same thing on the second one. And and it's just like, really? I'm, I'm sorry, but America sees this for what it is. It is a political sham. We all know it. And if you don't know it, these are the same people that jumped up and screamed, how dare you impeach William Jefferson Clinton? Mm-hmm. You know, he actually did lie in front of a grand jury. Per- perjury, he yes. He did all of the stuff. He lied about it. He denied it. And then ended up turning around going, well, yeah, I, I guess I did. You know. Yeah. So, but, but we just need to remember, these are the same people. These are also the same people when it comes to the charge of contempt of Congress. These are the same people that spend eight years telling us, how dare you disagree with Barack Obama? How dare you stand up against that? He has every presidential authority to do this. He has executive privilege. He has this. He has that. Yeah, great take on it. You know, and and I agree with you. And the thing that maybe frustrates me or makes me the angriest about all this deal is they're they're genuinely excited and happy to do this. To me, that's more telling maybe than anything else is the fact that you have people they wanted to, they wanted to declare National Impeachment Day like like it was the Fourth of July, like it was you know Thanksgiving, and that's just it's unbelievable to me that I mean I mean if if he really did what he what what they were saying he did, it would be a sad day for America. It wouldn't be a day to celebrate, no matter where you are in the political spectrum. It would be a sad day for America, and they're excited. They're having fun. They think it's great. Oh, makes my stomach sick. Let's go back to the phone lines. Caller, you're on with Andy. How are you today? Am I on? Yeah, you're on. What's on your mind? Uh, when you said that you didn't think there was any nefar- anything nefarious about what they're doing, I totally disagree. Um, you know, there's anger on both sides, but um, there's a website called the Gateway Pundit, which probably a lot of people don't know anything about, but they're spot on just about everything. And I tend to watch the other channels that nobody else watches. Everybody watches Fox, but I tend to watch the ones that nobody wants to watch. But Adam Schiff was on with Rachel, Rachel Maddow, mm-hmm. and he's pushing to impeach Pence now, Vice President Pence. 
about something that one of his people said in front of him in the basement. So they're going after Pence now. They've got they've got Donald Trump in, impeached. <laughs> they're going to impeach Pence is what Schiff wants to do, and that puts Nancy Pelosi, the president of the United States. Oh boy, heaven help us. Heaven. It's called the gate. It's called the Gateway Pundit, and uh, yeah, it's right wing, but I mean it's on the it's rightist, but. They have been, I've been looking at this place, this site for a year, and they are spot on, and they're ahead of everybody else. All right. Yeah, well, I'll have to check it out, thegatewaypundits.com. That's, that's something I want to look at. Um, can you imagine that if they actually got, now it'll never happen. The Senate is Republican heavy. It'll it'll never happen. But you imagine that, just, just a what if. What if they were actually able to impeach and remove Donald Trump and the vice president from office together and made the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, President of the United States, Nancy Pelosi, President of the United States. Man, oh man, that, uh, man, oh man, that would just be brutal. All right, so let's go back to the phone lines. Caller, you're on with Andy this morning. How are you? We're talking impeachment and the ridiculousness of it all. What's, what's going on? Um, well, I am a news hawk. Um, I could rattle off a ton of websites for you. Gateway Pundit, Zero Hedge, Summit News, uh, Right Scoop. Um, uh, obviously, you can check Drudge. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, but but what's your take on it all? Here's my take. Uh, I like to come at it at a evidence-based way, kind of like. They obviously are bringing up these two articles to to the House, and uh, they voted on them in the past. So technically in the House, yes, he was impeached. But, A, she's got cold feet. She doesn't want it to be acquitted yeah. and shot down over in the Senate. Yeah. Um, um, also, do you know how – so when the Dow do, – do you know much um, – it took about a – I'm trying to remember. It took for – our, for our American economy – it took like a hundred or a hundred and eight years for it to hit ten thousand. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, do you know what just happened uh, in the last week or so? Well, the Dow's do, been it doing hit, very well. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know it hit two? It hit twenty thousand. You know that, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's phenomenal. It. Yeah. Guess how long that took. How long? Three years. Donald Trump got Donald Trump Trump got elected, and in three years the Dow hit a new record twenty thousand. It's never been never done before. That's incredible, and 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 you know there's no I, and see that's the thing that drives me so crazy about all these liberals is the fact that they're sitting there saying we got to get Trump out. He's the worst person ever. This is the worst thing that's ever happened to our country. And then you look around and you look at our country and things are going well. And then you go and then they're like, well, yeah, but we got to get him out. And in order to get him out, we're going to talk down the economy. We're going to not talk about the jobs that have been created. We're not going to talk about the low unemployment rates. Instead, we're just going to, we're just going to pretend like none of that exists and that life is terrible because Donald Trump is a bad guy. One other thought on that before we move on, and I've got to get a weather break in here. Uh, this is interesting to me. Okay, if you bring an expert in, he's, got, he's supposed to be in your court, right? And I imagine they coach guys and, and stuff, but 
a lot of times these experts actually have uh, scruples. Would that be the word? Scruples? So uh, the Democrats brought in this guy who's an expert and had him basically kind of be their guy to help uh, help explain why Donald Trump should be impeached. Okay? So this, this guy, uh, Noah Feldman, writes for Bloomberg, which is, there's some irony right there. Anyway, but... Uh, She's using the delay. Uh, Pelosi's using the delay tactic, you know, to, to I guess maybe make things more favorable for her or whatever. But uh, this Feldman guy writes for Bloomberg that an indefinite delay would pose quote a serious problem, as impeachment only technically happens when the articles are transmitted to the Senate. So this guy Feldman from Harvard, he's an expert on impeachment, and he says, you know, the impeachment doesn't exist until it goes to Senate, and is approved by the Senate. Until then, it's nothing. Here's, here's more from Feldman. He says, if the House does not communicate its impeachment to the Senate, it hasn't actually impeached the president. If the articles are not transmitted, Trump could legitimately say he was, wasn't truly impeached at all. It's the old, if a tree falls in the forest with no one to hear it, did it happen? If the House adopts articles of impeachment but never sends them to the Senate, did it happen? And my answer to you is, heck no, it didn't happen. Welcome back to the program, the Andy Griffin Show. Great to have you here today. Let's, uh, before I move on to a couple of other topics, got a couple of callers on hold still. So, uh, caller, you're on with Andy. How are you this morning? Good morning. Morning. What's going on? Well, you were talking about this impeachment thing. Yeah. And wondering why the Democrats do something so stupid. <laughs> well, I- let me tell you, they know, they have seen what's happened in three years. They knew what was going to happen before he got in. And they know what's going to happen after four more years. They have worked since the early 1900s on doing what they're doing right now. And they had made great accomplishments. They've moved very rapidly, especially through the Obama years. And all of a sudden, the keypin of all their success is being radically changed, and that is the judges that Trump is putting in. Mm. He, he, he's putting over 200 judges total. And, in Ruth- and if, he, if he has another year plus four more years, it is probably going to set the left-wing agenda back a century. Oh yeah, great, great point, and that's something I didn't even think about. But yeah, the you know, and and we're talking about the Supreme Court, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. She's not going to be around a whole lot longer. Uh, to me, and I said this off air to my friend the other day. Uh, I think the biggest, most horrific thing the United States has ever done was legalize abortion. It makes me sick, and to to get a Supreme Court that's going to overturn Roe v. Wade. And make it illegal, like it should have been, like it always should have been, to murder babies in the womb. That's huge. I mean, we're talking about, we're not, we're, obviously the economy's at stake. All these things are at stake. But perhaps the biggest, not perhaps, the biggest thing at stake in my mind is to make sure that that law, that evil, evil, evil law of abortion is outlawed. We've got to get rid of that. And, uh Yeah. I'm willing, yeah, I'm willing to do what it takes to help with that. Caller, you're on with Andy this morning. How are you? 
Yeah, you were talking about newsworthy events this week, and you didn't mention the um, the um, scam that the LDS Church has been pulling on, uh, what do you call it, the 10 percenters. You don't think that's a big newsworthy... Well, uh, why, why do you call it a scam? It is. <laughs> no, well, the, the, tell, tell me what makes it a scam that the LDS Church has money in reserve in case there's emergencies and that money is needed. How is that a scam? Well, I, I was thinking that um, when you pay 10%, that was to go to charitable work and things like that. Well, isn't that it's what that money made. is for? That's, uh, don't you think the church is saving money so that when something big happens, the, the money is there and available to, to, to tap into? I mean... I, I, re- I hate the church haters because, you know, yes, I'm a member of the church, but I'm also a guy, I, I'm a realist. And I look at things and I go, okay, the church is the first, when there's a disaster, who's the first ones there? It's not a government. It's not the United Way. It's people helping from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And you can be a hater if you want to hate the, the, the doctrine, if you want to hate Joseph Smith, whatever you want to hate about. But you cannot tell me that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints isn't doing good things around the world, not just around the United States, around the world. And, you know, this, this whistleblower, quote-unquote whistleblower, who is an excommunicated member of the church, imagine that, someone bitter because the church kicked him out. This, this whistleblower is out there going, hey, the church has money and savings, and, and they're not supposed to. That's a, that's a no-no. Well, uh, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Of course they have money and savings. That's counsel the church to its members is to have money and savings. And if the church didn't do it itself, wouldn't it be hypocritical? Wouldn't you be sitting here, you haters, wouldn't you be sitting here going, hey, man, the church doesn't have any money. So you guys, yeah, yeah, they they tell you to save money, and they're not doing it themselves. So now we find out there's some money in savings, and now you're mad because they saved money. I don't know why you have an axe to grind about a religious institution. What what makes you angry about the church? The, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints teaches independence. It teaches hard work. It teaches charity. I mean, don't we like those things? Aren't those good things? Let's go back to the phone line. Call her on with Andy. What's up? You there? Yeah, I'm here. Are you, am I still on with you? Yeah, you're still on. Fire away. Okay. Well, is the LDS Church a business or is it a religion? It's a religion, but it's a it's it's a religion that wants to help people. What is wrong with wanting to help people? Well, they own the they own the biggest shopping mall now in in Salt Lake City, and have run old places like uh, Trolley Square and the other one almost out of business. What you're doing is you're competing with private business, private enterprise. I know, but you, you've seen... You're making more people than what you're helping. You're making people more, you know, you're taking more money away from people than you're giving to people. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. Wow, what? They give yeah. away hundreds yeah. of millions every year to help and when there's a hurricane or an earthquake or any other disaster. The church is the first one there. How can you say they're taking money, more money away? Oh, I, I, I'm not buying that at all. 
I am not buying that at all. It is uh, 942 on News Radio 949-890-KDXU. If you want to talk about this, folks, uh, go ahead and give me a call, 673-5890. There's a couple other things I wanted to talk about. And, uh, and quite frankly, some of them are, I guess, religious in nature. One of them is, okay, the new Star Wars movie came out last night. It was premiere. It was uh, last night. They actually had a big one on Wednesday as well for just the stars, just in Dolby, the Dolby Theater in L.A., uh, but uh, last night was in select theaters around the country, and tonight it's officially out, out, where anybody who uh, can uh, get a ticket can go see the new Star Wars movie. Uh, I like Star Wars, Star Wars always have. Uh, my wife's not a fan. In fact, uh, I honestly, this is a, re- a weird thing. My wife hasn't seen the Star Wars movies. I made her watch one or two of them, and she was she fell asleep, quite frankly, during them. And uh, when I said, well, let's watch these other ones, uh, and she's like, nah, uh, I'll pass. Thanks anyway. That's not really my thing. So, fine, whatever. That's okay. I'm okay with that. Uh, but, uh, you know, Star Wars have been hugely successful, been a big, you know, since 1977. It's been a part of society. Uh, we Some of us grew up with Star Wars. I was 11 years old when Star Wars came, the first Star Wars came out. Uh, we've, you know, some of the vernacular in our language comes from Star Wars. And in a lot of ways, Star Wars is a leader, an example setter for society. So in this new Star Wars, and I have not seen it, so I'm not going to claim to be an expert on this, but in this new Star Wars, there is a a same-sex romance scene that ends in a same-sex kiss. This has been, uh, this uh, when they when they distribute the movies internationally, there are certain countries that cut out those types of things. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to name those countries, but there are certain countries that are a little more uh, uh, conservative, if you will, uh, about that kind of thing. And it, it, those things are cut out. And, and the, most of those countries did cut out that romantic scene, that same-sex romantic scene that's in the new Star Wars. One country that did not was China. And China is almost always one of those that does. They, they're, they're very protective of their, of their morals and their ethics. And, and China usually cuts that stuff out. They didn't cut it out this time. Uh, I'm, you know, do, do you remember, the, I forget the name of the company that they used to edit movies so that they were clean. They, they make basically a rated R movie. They'd cut out sex scenes and bad words and stuff. And, uh, in fact, when I was at college at, at BYU, I, I graduated from Utah state, but I went to BYU for a couple of years, uh, and they had a theater in on campus and you could go see a rated R movie that wasn't rated R anymore. They would, they would make it. So it was a PG movie. And I thought it was pretty cool, but the, of course the the artists uh, sued, and and that, they had to shut that theater down. And they, there was video companies, and I wish I could remember the name of that video company, but they did the same thing. They they were cleaning up movies. They got sued, had to shut it down in the name of art, et cetera, et cetera. And so, anyway, I'm just curious what your thoughts are on this whole Star Wars same-sex romance scene. And again, none of us probably in this town have seen the new Star Wars, and maybe I'm a little premature on this. Uh, but uh, I, you know, I don't like it. I, 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 I was never. Remember Will and Grace, the sitcom? I, I didn't enjoy that. I didn't watch that, and I didn't want my kids to watch it. Now Star Wars is Star Wars. I mean, the institution of Star Wars, biggest biggest social institution ever, biggest movie series ever, and it's not even close. And they're promoting a little little same sex uh, romance. It's 
disappointing. In, in my opinion, it's disappointing to say the least. But again, maybe I'm jumping the gun. Maybe it's not as, as bad as I think, or maybe it's, I don't know. I, I understand there was a same-sex kiss, though, a romantic same-sex kiss in the movie. So that that makes me not real happy and, and honestly quite disappointed in Star Wars. All right, I've got to get a commercial break in. I didn't want to mention this. Hey, congratulations. I'm going to hurt myself reaching behind my back and, and patting myself on the back. But uh, how about St. George? Uh, they came out. Let's see. Let me see the name of the company. Came out with a list. It's from a poll. It's best cities to spend the winter in. And you've got the usual suspects, Los Angeles, California, Miami, Florida, Santa Fe, New Mexico is on there. And they named a couple that have, like, ski resorts. Denver's on there. Phoenix is on there. Uh, and number eight. Now, these were cities above 50,000 or more. Uh, Vermont's in there. Dallas, Texas in there. Number eight on the best cities to spend the winter in is St. George, Utah. The name of the writer, let me see if I get Lily something or other. Uh, Lily Rogers wrote as she was uh, uh, writing up this poll. She said, uh, and I quote, St. George is a home base for exploring Zion National Park, which is even more spectacular come winter when white snow caps make striking contrast with red rock peaks. The calm vibes of the town and the surrounding bounty of natural wonders make St. George a perfect winter destination for taking in the season's quiet beauty. Oh, I love to hear that. Isn't that awesome? St. George, one of the top, and, and this is, think about how many thousands of, t- of cities there are that have 50,000 or more people. St. George is number eight in the best place to spend the winter time. I agree wholeheartedly. Thank you to Joe Shoney. He's a local loan consultant specializing in customer service. Joe has uh, got a 4.91 average rating online out of five stars. Spectacular. I mean, that's incredible. A 4.91. It's almost a perfect score. And if you listen to some of these reviews, this is Clarice. Clarice says, I know the loan process can be pretty nerve-wracking with all the requirements and documents you need to submit, but Joe is extremely helpful each step of the way. Five stars. Here's another one from Gail, five stars. Uh, Sandra, five stars, says, It was a great experience for my husband and I to work with Joe and his team. You don't have to convince me anymore. Give Joe Shoney a call, 435-590-6300. Joe Shoney, the local loan consultant. Go to joe.shoney, S-C-H-O-N-E-Y, at nafinc.com. Morning, everybody. Thanks for listening. 951 on News Radio 949 890 KDXU. Uh, on Tuesday, we'll be giving away that BYU helmet. Officially, official BYU shut helmet, and it is signed by head coach Kalani Satake. Uh, we'll be giving it away uh, during this show on, uh, on Tuesday morning. Also, joining me that day will be Tiffany Atkin from the St. George Police Department. Uh, so uh, it's going to be a fun Tuesday. That's Christmas Eve morning. We'll be here. Now, we will be off Christmas Day as well as Thursday and Friday next week. We'll be running some uh, national programming. Uh, Dave Ramsey, I think, and uh, and uh, also I think Russ has a couple of fill-in guys that he's going he's gonna to have uh, on on the air as well. So that'll be fun. Uh, and then... Uh, and then on Monday, we've got the Vibrant You Show. We'll also take your calls, of course, the first 20 minutes of the program. And uh, I, I wanted to kind of invite folks to listen to high school basketball tonight. I'll be on the air at uh, 4, from 4 till about uh, 7.30 with back-to-back games uh, this evening. And uh, over on ESPN Radio 97.7 FM. 
Uh, let's see. I'll be doing the uh, Dixie Manti game, which is going to be a huge one. Manti's undefeated. Dixie is seven and one, and then Crimson Cliffs and Springville. Uh, so uh, yeah, join me today. I look forward to that. Uh, let's. Uh, we don't want to. We don't want to go away just yet. We've got uh, a few minutes. Caller, you're on with Andy. What's up? It's me again, Mr. Gateway Pundit. Hey. 530 this morning. Only one call per customer, please. Thank you for calling today. If you want to call, if you haven't called already today, please, I'd love to hear from you at 673-5890. I have a longstanding policy, and I try not to break it that uh, you get one shot at it, and, uh, you know, if if, uh, if uh, we move on, we move on. So I appreciate him hanging on hold, but, again, I, I don't, I you know, you, you got your one shot. Uh, if you'd like to talk six seven three five eight ninety, a couple of things I want to talk about. How about white lies? Uh, this this came up in the news as uh, oh shoot, where's my paper? There it is. Uh, little white lies. Um, it's funny. I, I remember teaching a class years ago, uh, and uh, it was about uh, integrity. And uh, then it, it came to the point where uh, we talked about little white lies, and you know, one of my students said, "Hey." Uh, I told a little white lie because I didn't want to hurt someone's feelings. Is that okay? And I was kind of like, uh, good question. Good question. Is that okay? Let's go back to the phone lines before I get into that. Uh, is this Randy? It is. Hi. Randy, how are you how doing? Are, good. How are you this morning? What's on your mind? I'm doing great, Andy. I just wanted to make a couple of comments about things you've been talking about. Uh, yeah. For one, the company you were trying to think of is VidAngel. VidAngel. That's what it was. Yep. Yeah. And I think they got in a little bit of trouble because maybe they weren't paying royalties or something mm. like that. And uh, But the service was an awesome idea, I thought. Yeah, I agree. And uh, as far as the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and its humanitarian efforts, there's probably no one else, no other church out there that is more generous and more on the spot with emergencies and disasters in the whole world. I let agree. alone here in America. And they couldn't do that, as you pointed out, without a surplus of money. They are frugal. They uh, audit their books. They follow every law that's out there. There's no uh, dodging of any values or laws or rules at all. So we're simply operating as a church, and I'm a member too, uh, under those laws and those uh, restrictions. If they change them, we'll adapt to them. Certainly hope they don't, because that would destroy a lot of humanitarian aid from organizations such as this church and other churches. The Catholic Church is really big in donations as well. And we work hand-in-hand with them a lot when emergencies happen throughout this country and the world. Yeah. So I really understand the negative criticism there. Just being fruitful and self-reliant and teaching others to do the same. One of the things I know that uh, the church does is teach people in foreign countries that are um, economies that are not very strong, so they don't have the money extra to give to their people to do constructive things. And what they do is teach them how to drill wells so that they have a water supply that's safe. Mm Mm-hmm. And then, therefore, they have the water. They can then uh, put their efforts to improving their own society wherever they are. Instead of bringing them water, we drill a well and help them have water, which then affects their entire economy and their entire society. Yeah, and, and that's so, and, and that's the tip of the iceberg, you know? Yeah, it is. 
I think I was reading in an article this past week about the total amount of money that the church has given. The church is real low-key on this and doesn't try to to gain notoriety about it because that's not their uh, emphasis at all. It's just to try to help people. But I think I saw a couple of billion dollars have been given, billion with a B. Mm-hmm. And so you know, that's rather uh, magnanimous, it seems to me. I think so, Thank too. You. Yeah, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Bye-bye, Andy. See you later. Yeah, I just, you know, I'm a guy who I like to look, yes, I'm a member of the church. In full disclosure, I'm a member of the church. I've been in Bishop Briggs, et cetera, et cetera, high council, whatever. But what I'm trying to say, what, what I'm trying to make people see is you can hate the doctrine. You can hate whatever you want about, you know, what we believe, but you can't hate what we do. If you look at a, a, a good member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, they're hardworking, they try hard, they, they, they uh, are kind, they give charitably, not only with their money and their tithes, but they give charitably with their time. Uh, and then church is like the first one there anytime there's a disaster. And, and, you know, be angry all you want at the doctrine, go ahead, fine. But you cannot be angry at the actions you just can't. It doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, call her on with Andy. How uh, how are you today? Good morning. Doing good. Morning. Um, I uh, I wanted to just go back to politics just for a second, and um, sure. I, and that is, it, it, to me, it's it's the, she's hesitating and and stalling. To me, it's quite obvious. As long as she's stalling, as long as they haven't had that Senate vote, and that hasn't happened, which uh, that it, president is impeached as far as the news as far as the Facebook articles and yeah. all of that, it's all going president impeached, president impeached. As soon as that, so they're just stalling for, uh, to market this, this concept and it's, uh, and they have the, that they're taking it as far as it can go. That's, so, and to, it's, that's my feeling. I mean, to me, that's the obvious. Uh, and, and now let's go back to the happy holidays. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the call. I appreciate it so much. You're welcome. She's right. They, it's, it's like they, they don't have it. You know, you ever, you ever played poker and you don't have anything in your hand and you, you maybe you scratch your nose, maybe take a drink and people know you're bluffing and you're stalling because you want to make it last as long as you can. And then you realize that I got nothing. And, it's all going down the tubes. Oh, man. I tell you what. We had Bill Zimfer on earlier. He's our KDXU political insider. He's on at 7 o'clock hour. Uh, and uh, Bill's like, you know, the longer it lays there, it's like a lot of things in life. The longer it lays there, this impeachment thing, the more it stinks. And Bill's pretty middle of the road. He's not a, uh, he's not a conservative. He's not a liberal. He's pretty middle of the road. But he said, the longer that impeachment lays there, I think, the longer it lays there. The longer it's going to stink, or the more it's going to stink. And uh, I think Bill's right. This, uh, this, I smell a rat, as they say. Well, thanks for listening today. We'll be back on Monday morning, bright and early, with a new cycle starting at six a.m. here on KDXU, and of course the Andy Griffin Show starting at nine o'clock. Look forward to hearing from you then.